everyone, thank you for joining us and welcome to the latest edition of the See Me podcast. This is an anti-stigma summer sessions special and if you can hear some rustling in the background that is a very excited Lynn holding up her schedule which she seems to have printed off which is impressive um, and also a good way to introduce Lynn is here. Hi Lynn. Hello, sorry I was showing off and forgot I'd be interrupting a total audio. It's not just a schedule, Nick. It's notes. <laughs> it looked very impressive and good for you for having a printer. Alongside Lynn is someone who looks like they're sat in a sauna surrounded by dream catchers. We have Dee. <laughs> Hello. It's really hot in here. <laughs> it looks it. It's arty um, though, so that's why. It is very arty. And also joining us is... Hasn't really done anything outlandish yet. But she's here, Maeve. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Wild introduction. <laughs> I feel uh, I feel like a lot of people are trying to make me break, and I won't this time. Yeah, challenge. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Last. But last maybe time. not. If you all looked confused when I just said that, so maybe none of you were trying to make me mm-hmm. do that, and that is uh, something I imagined. And you've made it sound like we've deliberately gone out of our way to like break you. In a nasty way, which wasn't how that went. <laughs> I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to imply that. You're, you're both... It was true. You, yeah, I feel like I'm mostly directing that at Lynn. Because <laughs> she held up her aforementioned notes in what I would tend to be a provocative way. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel my notes have become a controversial part of this podcast. I apologise on behalf of my my preparation. Did you see them as a challenge, mate? (laughs) In so many ways. (laughs) Zero notes. Zero preparation. Today, if you do start having another giggling fit, you don't even appear to have a curtain that you can just turn around and bury your face into like last time. Yeah, quite exposed. Let's hope that you can keep it together. So this, as I mentioned just at the top there, is an anti-stigma summer sessions special. Um, And we are going to be playing out one of the events that we've had as part of the sessions, more than my mental health poetry edition, which happened on the 5th of August and it was a few of our volunteers and Lynn who got together to chat about poetry, lives during lockdown, I think you also talked a lot about your pets as well Um, and just how basically important it is to focus on individuals and see people as a whole person rather than labels or things like that which can lead to stigma and discrimination. Lynn, this is the second poetry event that we have done. Why did we decide to do a second one? How how are they working? How are they helping to tackle stigma? Yeah, it was her second one, and there might be a third one. Oof. Um, Oof. I know. That's exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, some of our um, young volunteers as well um, are well into their words. Um, why they're working, I think... Um, yeah, like you said, it's it's a way of it's a form of self-expression, um, which I think people are really linking into and resonating with right now, um, and it brings together a whole lot of different things. Um, there's aspects of education. There's an invite to action for people. There's um, entertainment in there. Um, 
so yeah, I think getting together with the volunteers, there's so many just good chats and conversations that we have around, yeah, their lives, their their pets, their interests, their hobbies, what's happening. And then sometimes, yeah, we talk about mental health, experiences of mental health, challenges, and they express that in the specific volunteers. They do that, they process that through words. I think it's been really cool how um, it's worked from a volunteer side of view. Um, that, was, that was point of view and side, and I mixed it together. Yeah. Um, from from their really side good. of view, um, <laughs> it works out. Your notes? So I read you caption on. <laughs> um, from that aspect, um, yeah, like it's bringing together people who are, are quite experienced, like Chick, who's then working with our other volunteers to develop skills in the first time they're sharing, and some experienced poets, and then some people that hadn't written before at all, and not let alone performed. Um, so I'd say there's different aspects that are working around that, and how, how does it ta tackle stigma? Good question. Um, Thank yeah. You. We're, we're luring you into not just entertaining you for an hour. Um, there's there's obviously that, that strand of saying, hey, this is someone who might want to open up about their mental health experiences. And that's, as we say in our, in our evidence contact-based model, and that when bringing together people with lived experience and without lived experience, you, un you understand and you see more of perhaps what preconceptions are. And... So beyond that, people are being invited to really challenge their ideas of what someone experiences a mental health problem looks like, sounds like, and also there's those calls to actions. What are people going to change after today? Um, how's that stigma going to end? And we really invite that and make sure they're action-focused action -focused events as well. And uh, I think, obviously, we ran this event on Facebook Live and had a huge amount of engagement and loads of people chatting and getting involved. And it was amazing to see, as we've seen for quite a few of these events that are focused on different types of arts or poetry or books or things like that as well. And um, we've got one coming up as well on films. Maeve, you are CME's champion of the arts. Um, Thank you, like that, a lot. You, you are welcome. It is um, your side of you. Um, so how can the arts, how do, how do you, why, why are you such a champion of them? So how can they make a difference in tackling stigma and discrimination? Um, well, Nick, the reason I am such a champion of them. No, you remember my name, thank you. <laughs> it's, thank oh you. no, it's not, I was going to say it's written underneath your face. It's not. It's not actually, is it? I just, rem I just remembered it in my mind. Um, Four and a half years well spent. Exactly. That's mostly what I've been doing. Um, uh, the reason that I am such a champion of the arts tackling mental health stigma and discrimination is because I think it's just another way for us to tell stories. And I think that stories are a thing that people really connect with. I mean, I think it's the thing that as human beings we connect with the most. Um, it's one of the reasons why in the podcast that Lynn was just describing, people sitting around and talking becomes a way of us telling stories about ourselves and about each other and, and that's what when we hear it we can we can latch on to that as another fellow human being and that's the way that our our brains operate and how we organize our thoughts about about life and so I think regardless of what type of art it is even if it's you know a painting a film a, a book whatever it's just another way of taking a load of which are often 
quite a jumble of complicated feelings that you have and emotional responses and thoughts and contradictory ideas about how you see the world, and particularly how you understand your own or somebody else's mental health. And you organise that into something that you can say, this sort of expresses just a little bit more clearly a certain aspect of the way that I understand the world. And I think then as you know, as people consuming whatever that is, reading, looking at, um, enjoying the piece of art that's been put in front of you, it just enables us to connect with that worldview and those ideas that little bit more easily. And I think that's where we're definitely, um, for us, by having lived experience at the heart of, at the heart of the art that we're doing. Yes, please. Um, and I, I did I did host the poetry event. Um, that, I think it does challenge it, it, it challenges stigma in a, an authentic and a non-stigmatizing way because I think everyone has experience and that's where you know, ideas are around the movies and, and books event because a lot of people who perhaps haven't had lived experience or perhaps it's been taken or portrayed in a certain way can really add to the stigma and for us doing that and having real voices and talking about that and telling the stories around that as well, we really have to be careful how we tell stories and how and what messages that they give people. And for us, that's what we're doing. We're capturing it and making sure that it is, it's safe, it's based in a person's real life experience and that, it, yeah, it has that, that impact which, which ends stigma rather than adds to. I think through these summer sessions as well, by bringing the these kind of different types of mediums whether it's poetry or it's literature or whatever it might be or films and bringing them via facebook live to a whole new audience as well it allows people to hear things about mental health and hear about stigma and discrimination in places that they may not otherwise expect to and sort of via mediums that they might not think about as well and hopefully can go on and, and find other things that help them and relate to them and think about their own mental health. Dee, how have you found the the summer sessions so far? Really good. Like, I've really, really enjoyed them. And I think as we were saying as well, just people kind of engaging in a way that they might not have before. And also just feeling quite inspired to do things as well. Because I know Maeve's kind of been looking for people to come with projects and ideas. And Spencer's event was a really good example of that, of having you know, watch Tina and then thought, oh, well, you know, I could do something similar to that um, as well. And just kind of people sharing their own, you know, I remember when um, the first poetry event that we did, I didn't get to go to this one, sadly, because I was, I was on annual leave, which isn't, yeah, not a sad thing. But, um, you know, people kind of sharing what books and their favourite quotes and things kind of meant to them and how special that was for them and, and just kind of getting conversations that way rather than, necessarily having to have quite a a difficult conversation it could be a bit more light-hearted I think people are a lot more likely to open up um in those situations as well and I think just kind of having that as that kind of creative chat as a way of people to express themselves especially when it's on social media and it's kind of live like that as well you know sometimes people may, might not feel as comfortable um to have the conversations and also just seeing people supporting each other as well has been amazing it has and never fear that you're on annually lee annually leave annual leave d because 
you can watch it all back. It is That's on our true. Facebook page. It went out as live, but the video is still there. And if you go via our website, seemescotland.org, there is a banner on the homepage linking to the summer sessions. And there you've got links to all of the events so far. So if you have missed anything, you can watch them back. And things that you can't have missed are events that have not happened yet. <laughs> Maeve, how can people get involved? Is there anything coming up? Can people get involved with the summer sessions still? Sorry, did you direct that at me? I did, yes. <laughs> then I would be happy to answer that question. Fantastic. That's <laughs> going to make for a much better conversation in this podcast if you do. Yeah, great. Um, so people should um, join us for the Meaningful Movies and Wise Words uh, podcast. Not podcast, that's what we're doing right now. Uh, recording that will be going out on the 13th of... August. It will be the this evening if you this are downloading evening. and listening to this podcast as it comes out. Um, or again, like the others, you can check it out via the link on our website. It'll be up there after. Sometimes dates are confusing when you're doing a podcast. Um, this very evening, so that will be happening at seven o'clock. Um, please, if you are hearing this on the very day that it comes out, please join us and. Um, Join in, the, join in the conversation that will be happening around that. That's going to be a really great conversation um, about books and films that have been really significant and important to some of our volunteers. Um, in the further away future, um, there will be... <laughs> there will be loads of other stuff. There will be loads of other stuff. Um, I can't say anything that has got a date attached to it. Um, but if anybody would like to, has any idea, even the beginnings of an inkling of an idea about something that would make a really good, interesting conversation um, that they think would help to tackle mental health stigma and discrimination, then my contact details will also be on the website that Nick just directed you to. Um, my name is Neve Grindle. Um, so... <laughs> Well, she ended every sentence like that. <laughs> I should. Um, so it will be clear that you have found my contact details. Um, so please get in touch. I would love to hear from anybody who has an idea that they might like to discuss. Um, and like, we're really keen to, to develop new things to, to add to our summer sessions and indeed perhaps even autumn sessions going Ooh. forward to the future. Yeah, another wow. off the press. It's just full of exclusives, this podcast. Lynn, is there anything else in the planning or anything that might be coming up that we can chat about? Oh, sure thing. Um, I'm working with Steamy Proud, um, our intersectional partners. They're going to put together um, a wee event, a live stream, a video. We're bringing ideas around. So watch out for that. Um, I think it's definitely really important to pay attention to any intersectional issues so again if that's something you feel missing then like me said i love that like if there's loads of stuff coming up but if there's stuff come, not stuff coming up that you tune into then let's get that on the agenda get in touch and let's let's make that happen um we've got yeah more poetry sharing um, and where that's coming from is there's a lot of a lot of really talented um, people amongst our, our volunteers um, in sharing that and also we ran a workshop maeve and i together which we're going to be reflecting on and it was super popular. Um, so we're going to be running another workshop 
to make sure everyone can get um yeah we had to cap it and like waitlist it and stuff wow. so loads of people wanting to get involved and take action um and there are other just ideas we've got one something about men's mental health going about um other volunteer projects for example um one of our volunteers is working on a pass the parcel campaign all the information will soon be up on our website about that about using rather than passing badges which of course just now and social contacting and distancing isn't ideal by posting on a package to open up a conversation about mental health which is something loads anyone can pick up and get started um so like kind of loads of different ideas which yeah like me have said some don't have dates yet but handily we have a wonderful web page where we can find out everything that's gone on everything that's coming up so just keep your eyes peeled and get yourself on that page if you're interested Good work. So we will now go into the More Than My Mental Health Poetry edition event and you can hear it for yourself. So, and we have Lynn who will now transport herself to be hosting the poetry event. I'm joined today by the wonderful Bridget, Chick and Angela. Hello, hello, hello. We'll do further introductions in a little bit. Um, I've been feeling a bit under the weather recently, so the joys of makeups and recordings. Um, hopefully you'll bear with us um, for the next hour or so. We're going to be chatting all things about mental health and some things not so much about mental health. Um, you're joining us for an anti-stigma summer session, which is a part of a series of online events. Um, which senior running because we had really good um, engagement with our Mental Health Awareness Week online events. And we want to keep growing our movement in these bizarre times. Let's keep getting people involved and keep challenging mental health stigma and discrimination. So I do hope you enjoyed today and please do check out our programme of other events or think about putting on your own event, get involved. Um, you might be wondering why we're talking about mental health stigma and discrimination. Um, just to lay out the cause of why you're here, if you're tuning in, maybe you've got an inkling that it's an important issue. Um, but just to highlight that, we did um, a survey er, in, during the year of 5,000 people. And the results from that, that 55% of people did feel that they could challenge mental health stigma and discrimination. But 56% of people who did have a mental health condition had experienced stigma and discrimination. That's over half of people, and that's just from our survey, we know that. And all of the people that had, hadn't experienced um, mental health problems, 37% had witnessed mental health stigma and discrimination. And the most common areas was in social media, schools, the media itself, and on public transport. So stigma and discrimination, unfortunately, is still with us. It's, it's out there, and it's something which our volunteers and our supporters campaign um, so passionately to change. And that's what we do. We are, we campaign, we have volunteers with wonderful, um, wonderful array of talents, which you're going to see today. Um, but they also, they have lived experience themselves because we use, we use, engage people with direct experience to change, to change that picture. And we believe that one conversation at a time, one online event at a time, whatever, um, one little tweet, um, it all helps and can help end mental health stigma and discrimination. So part of today, what's come about today, is that we want to normalise mental health. We want to 
what does mental health look like? What does a mental health problem look like? Well, we've all got mental health, but mental health problems get a really bad portrayal, as we've seen. Um, so I guess we're here today to say, hey, this is what mental health problems look like. Do you know what? We're humans and we laugh. We are unique. We've got some talents. We might want to talk about mental health sometimes, but sometimes mm -hmm. we don't. And on that note, I'm going to introduce you to the people joining me today in my little boxes. Um, I'll start off with you, Bridget. You're the one next to me. Um, mm -hmm. Bridget, would you like to say a little bit about yourself? Hello, welcome. Hello. Um, my name's Bridget. I've been a community champion with CME since 2016. I live in the Scottish Borders in a little town called Peebles. I have a part-time job in a beautiful little high-end gift shop, which is oh, an absolute joy to work in. Um, lovely staff, lovely customers, lovely stock. Um, I've got two whippets. Um, and What's your names again? Dexter, after the serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Dippy, short for serendipity, because it was serendipity. Oh. That we got her. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say short for Diplodocus. <laughs> well, she looks a bit like a Diplodocus as well. Oh, um, so I live with my husband, and we get frequent visits from my two wonderful grown-up children, and they're equally wonderful partners. Mm. Oh, oh, very, very tactfully done there. That <laughs> well, wasn't Thank you, you for joining us. Tried to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, definitely sure it's friends and family. Um, and moving on, we've got Chick. Hello, Chick. Hey. Hello there. I, um, I'm realising I'm looking very far away, so I'm going to come closer. <laughs> and I'm going to just adjust my phone camera thing. And if you still can't see me, you're probably lucky. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm, uh, I'm Chick. Uh, I... Uh, Oh, I've been a volunteer, a media volunteer with CME for longer than I can remember. Literally, I genuinely can't remember when I started. Um, I have, uh, what have I done? I've done quite a, quite a lot of things in the last few years. I suppose that one of the quickest ways of, uh, of explaining what I, what I think we're about today is that on the one hand, I have a long history of mental illness, 40 years of obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, which was diagnosed, um, first diagnosed in 1985. Uh, however, since diagnosis, and understand that this is not meant to be boastful because there are millions of people out there in a similar mm. position. But since diagnosis, first of all, I haven't worked full time for 30 years. Um, I haven't been well enough to work full time for 30 years and I've been relying on incapacity benefit uh, all that time. But um, I've also gained two postgraduate qualifications I've worked as an IT tutor at Glasgow University. I've worked as an IT tutor in community education. I've worked as a web designer at Dundee University. I lived for four years in a Buddhist monastery where I was doing web design and uh, office -y stuff, but working, for a, working on a voluntary basis for an international charity. I've lived for two years at Lothlorien, which is a therapeutic community for people with mental health problems. And um, I was there as a volunteer co-worker. Um, although... Ten years earlier, I had wanted to go 
as a resident because I was really struggling, but that didn't happen. And it's a very long story and there is a poem about it, but I won't <laughs> a great it. poem. If you want to see the poem, I think, did, you, did we do the full thing on the last edition when we had you featured? I think, I think I did. I think did. Yeah, yes. So if you do want to check out Chick's awesome poem, um, which I know my colleague's least favourite poem, is um, go on our Facebook page. We have the recording from the last one um, as well about opening up conversations. Check out Chick's full poem, which captures slightly some of that wonderful background in history, which I didn't know half of. Um, yeah. And I can attest... Oh, and you go. Can I, can I just emphasise that all of what I'm saying there was part-time? because I've been relying on capacity benefit all that time as well. So none of that was full time. Um, but that, that just, but, so that's it's the two sides of, 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 you know, of mental illness, you know, but you can, you can be really ill, unable to work full time, but you can make contributions. You know, and that's, oh, so many. Say, that's not just me, millions of folk are doing that. For Sorry sure. when I interrupted you there. No, not at all. I think I'm, I'm the one supposed to be facilitating you guys talking. Um, but I can attest to you doing computing skills as, he has, Chick has helped us many times try and work out Zoom recordings, etc., and all the wonderful technology that comes with it. And <laughs> moving on, our, our last guest, Angela. Hello, welcome. Hello. Um, I'm from West Lothian, which is just in between Edinburgh and Glasgow. Um, I love to do volunteer work to where um, I can, one day I could be volunteering at an elderly activity group and then another day I could be taking my, my dog as a therapist so I take him into schools and to care wow. home so he's, he's an absolute blessing for me but it's amazing I that's one of the things I'm going to re reassess my life going back into kind of regular life from lockdown and some things I'll take with me some things I won't but definitely the therapist work is going to be one of the first things I return to because and then he loves people so he's bound to be missing people in lockdown what's your dog's name he would laugh. <laughs> his name's Trouble. Oh my god, <laughs> that's Trouble amazing. Trouble at his little long his little long haired Chihuahua. <laughs> but he's got the nature usually Chihuahuas get kinda of get, you know, a reputation for being quite snappy and yappy. He doesn't ever bark. He, and he's in he just lets the children hold him and, and I put him sometimes if if I've been into a hostile ward of people in end of life care, I'm allowed to put him up in the bed beside them. Um, he just cuddles in and it's amazing how he, how they know like who who needs the most love. So he's Aww. my therapist for me. But he, you know, but it helps. I got I actually got him as a present to myself to, to help me get well because I, I don't have a garden and I thought I need to make myself go out of the house. Um, mm. and, and that was why I got a dog was was to make myself Your buddy. Yep. There are times I take him out at four o'clock in the morning, admittedly, if I can't cope with people, but you know, he could just goes with the flow. <laughs> so exactly. Oh, well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for introducing yourself. Um, and we'll get on to sharing some of your work later on. Um, I'm sure everyone watching will agree. Lots of interesting people. Um, and you've touched a bit on why you volunteer with CME um, and how long you've done that. Um, is there anything any of you want to say about, add to that, about why you're involved in her work? Personally, it's um, having experienced stigma and discrimination myself. Um, I came out of the other end passionately, thinking if I if I survive this, I'm coming back fighting. And so I've kind of mm. kept on to that attitude. And when I discovered see me and kind of what your ethos is and what you stand for, um, I knew I wanted to be involved because I, I feel like the more things are challenged, then the more eventually they're going to be forced to change. And mm. to think being part of that is is exciting. For sure, like fighting for that better society that we see. Yeah. That we hope for. So, so you, see, you see quotes on Facebook that say, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. You know, and you read them, but but then you, but, but be it. <laughs> of course. 
Somebody, all those voices speaking up, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, sort of I'd, suffer, I'd suffered discrimination at my work for quite a long time. And when I saw the advert for um, volunteering with See Me, and it just it blew me away that they were actually looking for people with lived with mental health experience. So that mm -hmm. was a clincher for me. I thought, you know, they actually want me mm -hmm. like I am. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's your asset, right? Yeah. That, that's something that you can you can bring and share and and use that to help change minds, which will change policies, practices, and the culture. Thank you, everyone. Um so just before a little housekeeping, we get started, started. Um, yeah, we'll be in the live chat. You can chat along with us on Facebook just now. Um, make you aware that we're not a service provider. So if you need urgent help, we do have links on our website to urgent help. Nothing is planned to be triggering over the next hour. Um, we will be talking about mental health, though. I don't think there's going to be any adult language, but just in case, um, just in case there's any, there's any slip ups. Um, yeah. Just, just be mindful of that. We're going to be talking about some serious things, Chuck. Um, behave yourself. Um, but just I'm putting that caveat in there in case things come out. Um, so, yeah. And at the end of today, um, we would love to hear about how you found it, how if you're inspired to make change. Um, have a think about that. Have a think what you're hearing. Is it, is it resonate with you? Do you want to be a part of that change? Um, what are you going to change? And let us know. And let us know how you found the event. As probably you expected, there's a little survey you can fill out, five to ten minutes. It's in our Facebook event page. Pop on there, let us know. So, I think we should get started. Let's, let's do some arts and chats. Um, <laughs> first of all, lockdown, you touched on it, Angela, there. You saw one of my questions about how was, how has lockdown been for us? And I know there's been a couple of poems inspired by lockdown. <laughs> So I was wondering, Angela, if you could share, you've got recipe, a poem about a recipe. Mm -hmm. I'm sharing that with us about lockdown. No problem. Yep, I'll, I like to tell people actually how the, how the poem came about, of what inspired it. So um, to, okay. to give a little bit of background on the poem, um, it was simply, I was, I was in the offices of the Mental Health Advocacy Project at, at, through in my, my direction, and I was chatting with with the manager and and she's seen me over the years very very unwell and and of course i, I think i bounced into her office <laughs> like, like ching and and she, she just she, she said the kindest thing to me and and again people say things i don't realize that you carry them on yourself you know mm. it's with you but she actually said to me um what what is it you know she's just kind of thinking what's changed she says what is it that makes you she says and she said i wish i could bottle it so i could give it to, the, to other people and i was like Wow, yeah, like, and then it got me thinking, what does make, what is me? You know, what, what does make me? And I kind of was not a question I've ever asked myself, you know, but because she put that she planted a seed, um, it, that's where this I, I came up with a recipe for myself. I love that backstory, that's that a bit, a bit random, but okay, so this is a recipe for me a little pinch of madness to compliment a smile, a tablespoon of strength to walk on another mile, mix in a little courage so you can win each fight. This is the key ingredient, so you must get it right. Find a pen and paper to write instructions down, morning, noon or night, when words need to be found. You can write them any time for what you think or feel. These instructions are authentic. Each word your heart reveals. Bake for 20 minutes at 200 degrees. Prepare a plate of wisdom, a side dish if you please. Cool it with some insight to mix with medication. Really take your time. 
for this is the foundation. Another cup of wisdom and leave it overnight. Check it in the morning so you can get it right. A kilo of persistence, such deep determination. Faith that God can handle any given situation. Mix it all together and have a little taste. No need for perfection, just don't put it to waste. So here you have a recipe for you and all to see. Shake it up, add some fizz, and now you've bottled me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Angela. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I, I get that often when I do training. Like, this morning, and I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm like, nah, none. Generally, just my, just, just my jam. Um, no, that's wonderful. Um, and I, I love the back, the backstory to that. And it does touch on the fact that so many things go go into us. Um, I wonder how many people are going to be inspired to go away today and write their recipe mm-hmm. for themselves. What makes them them? Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you could also um, do your poem. You, you just, I think, wrote it yesterday. I wrote it last night, yeah. <laughs> and it'll fret, hot off the press. Hot off the press, yeah. Um, so please, yeah, share it. I think it's about lockdown. And I think, yeah, poetry and lockdown, you're just saying, like, it's something you've got into recently. Well, you've done poetry for a long time, but performing and sharing. Yeah, I've never, never performed before. I had the, had the, had the thought in, in, um, at the beginning of the year, thinking, would I ever be brave enough to do that? Because I thought, you know, I think, I think I'd look ridiculous. But then I wondered, would, would, would my message connect with people more if I was... Mm performing it um, so uh, something I thought I wish I had the courage to do and and eventually just one day in lockdown I just thought just just record yourself and see how see see how bad it is <laughs> and, it, and I was actually surprised that like was, my inner dialogue was you look ridiculous but but when I what was coming out just didn't what, what it was it was bizarre <laughs> but um you know it's been really good obviously not everybody will connect with the videos but it's been fun doing them and then oh, they've had such a good response when I've been sharing them you've shared with me and I've shared them on oh. honestly and it's put a smile on my face they're, they're humorous they're good ones they're gonna be quite funny to pop up on, pay, on Facebook like five years from now as a memory <laughs> oh totally and I think definitely if you are like having a hard time or whatever you can watch that back and be like that was me doing that yeah, yeah. I think like, I've enjoyed lockdown because I've, I've, it's made me sort of write poems as well that aren't about mental health and I've actually enjoyed that because again like you say you're more than mental health and I've enjoyed like the poem I'm going to share just now it's, it's not really about mental health it's just about something everybody can relate to because we're all going through it yeah I, I love that and I love the power of words just to sum up an experience uh-huh. with someone so do you want to share it with us yeah okay so this is about phase three that we're all in at the moment okay we're into phase three but just part one even with a roadmap, I don't know where to turn. I'm at the stage, I've turned off the TV. But then I turn it back on, just to see. I have to admit, I'm pretty amazed when I see pictures of people unfazed, holding a beer with a great big grin, clearly had enough of life locked in. They're opening up, opening up non-essential stores, but I'm addicted to Amazon right to my door. We're all masked up, covering our face, but behind my mask, my smile's in place. It's confusing to think of who you're allowed, inside or out. How many is a crowd? 15 if you're out, eight if you're in, and guidance remains on washing your skin. I find it bizarre if you're under 11, you're less contagious than if you're 27. What if you turn 12? Happy birthday, but no more hugs or going out to play. I think that I'll always remember phase three as the one that brought my mom back to me. Her fall, the pandemic, 
and life alone. I'm driving her nuts, but I'm so glad she's home. Thank you. Oh. Just, just to let people know, my mum my mom got stranded in Australia for five months. So that's, she finally came back last week and, that, and picking her up was amazing. Oh. That's, that's, what, that's what the end part was about. Uh, really? And why I didn't even realise that. Yeah, well, she was, I, I actually felt really well to say that because my mum's kind of my, my, my family, you know, my main family, and, and, and people did worry about my mental health. But mm. I was very good at just kind of live, live, living out the serenity prayer of accepting what I can, you know, accepting oh. what I can change and the courage and all that. Um, and I just kind of accepted she was on the other side of the world and there was nothing I could do about it. So um, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of myself for that, that how I coped with it. Because I, I, I think I could have. You know, I, like you said, I didn't even know. I didn't. I thought, didn't even. It wasn't like I, I wasn't falling apart. But I had to tell people what was happening. I just kind of accepted it. I'm more accepting of things I can't change. You know, if I've got any control over it, then that would bring anxiety on. But if I couldn't Definitely. change. Definitely. You know, I know it's been. Yeah, I know. That. I'm so glad to hear that. And it's. I think it has brought out that creative expression for people. And people are talking about mental health. And. Um, and we've been saying that people are, are talking about not being okay, but we've been saying that for quite some time um, <laughs> and having those conversations and continuing to have those conversations. I love in that poem how like you sum up the confusion around the rules so well. <laughs> I'm like, honestly, like, so I'm this person and that's an extended household who's this and that and that. Yeah. Oh my days. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. It's, it's a headache in itself, isn't it? But thank <laughs> you for bringing humour to that headache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only I'm going to say we were going to do a phase two poem because you've done a lot for phase two poem, which in it mentions your hairdresser. Have you managed to see them yet? She came on Saturday. Can you not tell? And I was like, your hair looks great. She must have like I was like, is that a DIY job? Yeah, no, like, I wish. <laughs> I've done it before now. I was getting to the stage where it was going to go that far though, but no, she she came and then and there was. It was, it was, it was good. It was, I didn't actually, again, I didn't get too stressed about things like that because we were all in the same boat. But oh, once totally. I had my hair done, it was like, oh, I'm so glad. I, you know, once I had it done, I was, I was happy, but, but I was quite good at just accepting I couldn't have it done. That's amazing. And um, Bridget, I think hair, hair appointments and haircuts is something that you touch on in your lockdown. I'm still so waiting. I'm still waiting. Are you still waiting? <laughs> I mean, it's weeks people are waiting. I know, check, it must be a struggle. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I usually get a zero, so I've, I've really? phoned them, they phoned me back, and I missed the call, so I've phoned them again, and I'm waiting for them to phone me back now. Phone tag. Don't get there. <laughs> we'll get, it's ridiculous, and the queues and everything. But anyway, Bridget, um, you got a couple, um, flavour of lockdown and moving on, which captures a wee bit of your experience, a wee bit... You've been capturing some of your thoughts. Um... Both of these were written when I was walking the dogs. Um, mm-hmm. The first one, Flavour of a Lockdown, it was just, I was stomping along. It was about the end of week three, I think. And it was just all the various things that we were actually allowed to do and how we were living. Um, and I tend to, my, my thoughts tend to run away a wee bit. So I, f- I find it quite helpful to put them in some sort of structure, um, mm. in terms of rhythm and rhyme, as, as Chick likes. <laughs> um, and the next one is moving on was about three or four weeks after that, and we were beginning to think about the next stage and what mm. we missed and what we could look forward to. So they're just mm. wee short ones. So flavour of the lockdown, Netflix, Sky TV, and Brit Box 
cakes and biscuits, lots of chalks, <laughs> joggers, jammies, duvets, odd socks, slippers, bare feet, sometimes crocs. Panic every time the door knocks. It could be even worse than smallpox. And then there'll be the aftershocks when you see the state of my locks. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Thank you. Um, thank you for sharing that. And I love the bit um, around Netflix. I don't know if anyone has any lockdown habits that they, they want to share. Definitely that resonated. I've picked up a terrible habit of watching awful dating reality shows. <laughs> I think it's the lack of engagement with the outside world. That's my new thing. Um, and how about, Bridget, moving on? Moving on. I've missed fun and I've missed laughter. You being silly, but me being dafter. <laughs> I seem to have avoided major disaster and I've even learned to be a master crafter. One thing I've learned from moving into an after, I don't just want to be a grafter. That's brilliant. Thank you. No, and it really, it sums up definitely what I've been experiencing and Angela just touched on as well. You really are thinking about what, what, what is this now? What, what am I, what do I want to keep in my life? What mm -hmm. do I want to do? Hopefully Bridget, you'll keep some writing and, and keep, keep going on thinky walks, I call them. Thinky walks and then writey walks. <laughs> I've, I've actually written for a long, long time, mm. but it, I've never ever dared share anything I've written until you sent out the email saying, does anybody have anything? And I thought, oh, for God's sake, you know, we're in lockdown. If I don't do it now, I never will. <laughs> no, and I'm so glad. And I can tell by the other two, like it's resonating with us, what you're <laughs> saying. And I think right now, if there's anything that we can do to be like, aha, yes, or <laughs> capturing what, what we're all going through, I think, definitely. It's, it's common, but then it's also so unique. I love the little flavors in it where you get your, your dafter or your. I love that. I love, I'm going to remember that line until my friend she'll laugh at that. That's that no, it's a good that one. That was a line. <laughs> You're silly, but I'm dafter. That's brilliant. Now, I have a funny feeling I might have been inspired by someone, Bridget. Yes. Well, the very, the, the line, I've missed fun and I've missed laughter, it was because I'd heard Chick doing his poem about the type of poetry he likes, where he says, I like repetition and I like rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm walking my dogs, if I'm not creating my own poetry, I'm reciting that. Every time I get it out of my head, you bring it up again and then it gets stuck in my head again. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Um, it's a earworm. <laughs> I know, uh, earwormies. Um, so yes, moving on to our last poet to share. Um, now, everyone's dipped into some new projects and check, you're, you're on the YouTubes and you're recording some great stuff and some children's stuff. Um, so if there are parents out there looking for a little, a little funny one, um, to distract people. Um, do you want to chat about your little YouTube project? Um, well, yeah, I, I had I'd done a couple. Um, in fact, it's somebody else that recorded one that I did and put it on YouTube. And then just on when in lockdown, um, I kind of miss performing because I'm not getting mm. out there doing anything. Um, I wasn't doing that much, but roughly once a month, there's a venue in Gatehouse where I live and um, we, we have a, an evening and so on. So I was missing all of that, and um, I noticed that there are quite a lot of really big names who were making videos from their own rooms, just like we're doing now. And you've mm -hmm. got these, you know, like I've got 
as as near as possible a completely blank background behind me. But like you've got you've got your wardrobe and and Angela's got a curtains and a, <laughs> and a, a, a some sort of um, you know writing or something on the wall. And I just thought this is permission to do it on my own without getting anybody professional to to make these videos. And so I mean this is stuff that I've written over the years and very not much of it is new. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought oh, I'll put some stuff up there, particularly for kids, because uh, I know that you know there's, there are families there with the kids climbing the walls, mm-hmm. uh, particularly if you've not got a garden or anything. That must mm-hmm. be hellish. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and I saw that you know bite size on on uh, I think it's bite size on BBC. They're doing things like that as well, and it just like, gives me permission to make uh-huh. a video that isn't actually particularly professional um, in terms of you know the the camera work and so on and get some work out there and see what happens. You know, so. But it puts a smile on people's faces. Well, I hope so, yeah. Um, so, would you, could you share with us Humpty the Numpty? <laughs> okay, this is, one, this is one that I wrote ages ago. I, I can't remember even the context why I wrote it particularly, but anyway, it's called Humpty the Numpty. And it's in Scots. Well, it's kind of in Scots. Humpty Dumpty was a numpty, sitting on a wall. You're an egg, you gallus idiot. You'll get broken if you fall. No me. I'm pure invincible. The egg was heard to shout. I think somebody's granny must have sucked his brain box out. Humpty Dumpty was a numpty. For despite his boast, he did fall. And he did get smashed and scrambled. Pass the toast. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Humpty, Humpty. Do you know that I was thinking of? Because we were thinking about um, like lockdown and achievements. And thank you for sharing that. Do you know what I've managed to do? I made a frittata during lockdown for the first time. <laughs> a frittata. Well done. I know, right? I'm well waiting for you all to be like, wow. <laughs> that's like a, that's pretty, that's great. Okay, it's not that great, but. It deserved a bit of appreciation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> Master chef here. <laughs> I not only cook, like, fried it, I put it in the oven afterwards. Well, there you go. That, that's mine. Any, any favourite eggs here? Do, do you like scrambled eggs, Chick? Because were you hungry? <laughs> yes, I love scrambled <laughs> eggs. Yeah. You're, you're making egg. me hungry now. I know, I'm sorry. I'll talk. Oh, mine though, we had... Um, Easter was in lockdown. Chocolate eggs. I actually tasted them. Oh. I don't know if I should admit this, but I, I had to taste it. I got my dog an Easter egg and I had to taste it just to see what it was like. What was it? What was it like? It was disgusting. Oh, it was, was it? I thought it would just be plain chocolate, mm. but it was actually, it was like saccharin in it. It must have been like something, like some kind of really sweet sweetener. So I didn't even give it to him, but but it was, it was oh, cute. Well, I gave him some of it. I gave him some of it, but, um, but nice my girlfriend bought it, and it was absolutely adorable of her. So, but it was disgusting as a human. <laughs> but you can't, you can't give dogs chocolate, can you? It's not. It was a proper not doggy. Human, it's a dog. Dog chocolate. It's a doggy chocolate Easter egg. Dog That's chocolate. special. It was a doggy chocolate Easter egg. <laughs> doggy <laughs> chocolate Easter eggs. Right, that check. That's the next one about eggs. Doggy chocolate Easter eggs. Doggy chocolate Easter eggs. <laughs> doggy chocolate Easter eggs. Um. Yeah, and I just, I love that, because I think laughing, it is so important. Like, we've had a few giggles, and when we get together, we just... Doggy yeah, chocolate just... Easter eggs, it was so good, I ate the dregs. Oh, <laughs> there we go. He ate <laughs> half of it, I mean, he loved to half the eat, but, but as a human, it was disgusting. 
<laughs> I love that. I love that you're saying like as a human, as if there's another form, like as a human, when, I, when I'm in human form, I, <laughs> when I transform, it's great. But um, as a human, I speak. Um, thank you for being with your human form, Angela. That, that's okay. I've made an exception for today. <laughs> we kind of chatted a bit because we chatted a bit. About, I wanted to talk about how and why we write. And Bridget, you were saying, like, when you're out walking and I know that, like, I'm processing, sometimes I, I write a bit and I know something I've been doing actually is looking a bit old work and thinking, hey, there's 150 to 200 here and some of them are actually all right. I might do something with this. I could do something. But for me, a lot of that is like, and it sounds like you, the way you, you've processed and you want to put it down and just play about with it and, and check you're, you're writing to laugh and, and writing... Um, it's not always just about about mental health or experiences. And, and Angela, I was I was going to come to you because I think writing is a really powerful way. And um, one of the first things that you did you shared with me was about that way to challenge assumptions and how you can use poetry to do that. And it's mm-hmm. amazing how performing it as well, having that human connection, lifts those words off the page, and then you're like, oh, okay, and it really challenges that. Well, I've yet to do. I've yet to try it with them. Um, if I if I'm speaking anywhere, that's like to, my kind of thing is to health professionals because that's where I experience the stigma. So it's like that's kind of my, what I'm driven to to change their 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 stigma and discrimination. But I've yet to try it out with them. So I've I've no idea how I've I've, I've obviously discovered this in lockdown. So in in in, in real life, I've no idea how it's going to go. But um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Like you say, having that connection of of just, almost like if somebody's having a conversation with you. Because for me, writing is like. I feel like you come away from so many situations of wishing you said this, wishing you said that, and, and reprocessing the conversation and, and, and getting obsessed with it. And for me, writing is getting those thoughts. It's almost like I feel like I'm getting my side of the conversation out. You know, it's like I get, I get to what I want to say out on paper and, and sometimes I even send it to them. <laughs> but but you know, so far, I've said nothing's happening. You know, it's been okay. gratefully received, but I have actually. <laughs> um, and I think, like, definitely, um, and you're going to perform one, I'm, I'm not a victim. Uh-huh. For me, it's just, again, and it's run through all your work, is strength and power. And that power to challenge what, what people think you are and who you yes. really, how you define yourself, really. So if you'd like to share that with us, please. Yep. Bear, bear with me. I'm kind of trying to find it here. Yeah, but no, the, the um, poem came about. Um, I was actually, it's quite funny, this was actually the very first poem I wrote. Um, and was it? I, yeah, this was always going to be a special poem for me, but um, it actually came about because I was in hospital and they were having a, like, obviously, like, so, so activity kind of social groups. And um, the, the nurse had been trying to get me to join in, this is quite funny, she'd been trying to get me to join in a creative writing group. And I refused because I thought it wouldn't be any good. <laughs> so so I, I thought, oh no, I don't want to do that. So so I said so I said no. And then and later on that night I was I was um having a conversation with her. Just and I was in a private room, so it was private, nobody could hear, but she she completely implied that I was kind of that you know, when when again it's a very stigma discriminatory statement, but they're playing the victim role. Yeah. And I thought I have never done. I, I I've never done that in my life. I'm very much. A, I'll get back up and I'll fight. You know, obviously sometimes you're unwell and not, you're too unwell to fight. So it's, you lose the strength. But you. But I don't ever think. You know, poor, poor me that she was that she was implying as if I was a, a playing play victim role. And um, it obviously was still going around in my head when I went to bed. And um, I just picked. I couldn't sleep, so I picked up my a pen and paper, 
and uh, and I wrote all the reasons I wasn't a victim, you know, because I thought I was quite angry about it, thinking like you've got me so wrong, you know, that, that how mm. could you? I wasn't brave enough to challenge her in person or or, or stand up for myself, so I just went away with all these thoughts and feelings in my head. And in the middle of the night, it came out as this poem. And when I got to the end of it, I was like, oh, I feel better. And that was when I made the connection that, that writing and that it was from that hospital admission that I actually began to write. So this poem is always going to be special, um, and that that's kind of where it came from. So it's called "I'm Not a Victim." I'm not a victim. I fight to survive. I'm not a victim. Look, I'm alive. I'm not a victim. Why do you say? I'm not a victim. Get out of my way. I'm not a victim, but sometimes I fall. I'm not a victim. You don't know me at all. I'm not a victim. I rarely ask why. I'm not a victim. You won't see me cry. I'm not a victim. I keep fighting on. I'm not a victim. My hope's never gone. I'm not a victim. Most people can't tell. I'm not a victim. I'll get out of this hell. I'm not a victim. I just make mistakes. I'm not a victim. But sometimes I break. I'm not a victim. I'll never give up. I'm not a victim. So shut the hell up. Thank you. After um, saying that, that, that what last line was edited. edited. <laughs> I was going to suggest that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it actually wasn't that word, but, but, but for the purposes of, of, of the book that I did and, and this thing, I'll edit it and make it a bit more. User user friendly, but yes, what comes naturally, we all get it. We all get. The, I think we all get the sentiment of what what that poem was. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. I, yeah, all that. Yeah, who you are and who you're not. Mm -hmm. I'm getting that down. That's between you and the page. But then, and I think for me, if if I, people out there are resonating with this or they've experienced something, they don't want it to be found mostly by what what they've seen or what they've done or the hardship. They want to see what what they've come through what they've become, how they've changed. Um, I think that's a really nice way to capture that, that this is how you look at something, isn't it? It's perspective. What um, was great was I, told, I got the chance to tell the nurse that had had that conversation with me. I got the chance that. to hear that poem with her and tell her where it came from. So I've, I hopefully I've maybe planted a seed that she wouldn't have that conversation with somebody else, you know, mm -hmm. that leave them sort of going, going to bed feeling with all those emotions. But I mean, she's, she's, she's amazing and she's, she's this is great. So we've got a really good relationship now. Mm. But, um, I was so it meant so much that I was able to communicate to her how she, how she made me feel, but but also thank her because she inspired the rest of my poetry. <laughs> she kicked it all off. She hey. did. I, I told her you got the ball rolling. So thank you for thank thank you for pushing my buttons. <laughs> but here's how you change doing that in future, and I love that. And we are we do we want people to take make that behaviour change and, and yeah. when they hear things change that about. And I'm going to pop over to to Bridget now, because this reminded me of the one um, a poem that you have called The Question. And for me, it, it really sums up a lot of about societal judgments and self-stigma and working out who am I and what, what does society need me to be? Well, this was inspired by, I'd been seeing a, a really good psychologist who had a real knack of asking the right question but we'd been kind of going round and round in circles and we kept coming back to me saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, because I just had this constant voice, critical, inner critic, whatever. And he said to me, so who is this voice? So like Angela, I went away and sort of thought about it and 
I could have gone even madder, but instead I've <laughs> turned it into a poem. <laughs> and I'm very glad you did. You ready for it? I'm ready. So, yep. Question. Whose is the voice that says I'm wrong and I don't belong? Whose is the voice that makes me decide that I need to hide? Whose is the voice that tells me no, too young, too old, too fast, too slow, too thin, too fat, too this, too that? Whose is the voice that doesn't respect me, that always expects me to fail? Whose is the voice that makes me so scared and feel unheard, fragile and frail? Whose is the voice that criticizes, that puts me down, antagonizes? But mine are the ears that choose to hear, the voice that stirs my every fear. Perhaps it's time I made the choice to listen to a kinder voice. I love that. Thank you. Um, that made me feel quite emotional today. I don't know what's going on. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that made me feel quite emotional. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think for me, there's a lot going on as well in... Um, lockdown and what society we're a part of and how there has been how do we become kinder as humans so i think there mm. has been quite a bit of judgment around rule following and things and how does that mm. fit in with stigma and discrimination and the things that we are we're talking about not some not making assumptions and yeah creating that society that is more accepting um mm. that we can then internalize Thank you for sharing that, Bridget. Mm-hmm. And check something you don't normally write about, um, but you do have one about mental health, don't you? I've got a couple that we mentioned one earlier on, which was written for the yeah, Scottish Recovery so Network. Um, I there's there's one that um, is is about Alzheimer's, which is kind of mental health, I suppose. But yeah, this is the only other one that I've specifically written, and it was I was telling one of my friends um, who's a poet. Uh, that I had this idea, I was working on this book, uh, my autobiography, my memoir, uh, which is called Been There, Done That, Washed the T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she said, right, that's I want a poem with that refrain in it for mm-hmm. two weeks time or something. But I didn't, I, I, so I went away, and I, I, it wasn't working as a poem, it's a, it's prose, you know, it's a, it's a memoir, mm-hmm. but I came up with this instead. And um, this is, um, it's really about the fact that for the first half of my life, I had one address because I even lived at family home when I was at uni. And the second half of my life, due to my mental health and uh, mental illness and OCD, I've had 37 addresses. Wow. And, and counting. <laughs> um, so that's, and I'm, 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 I don't like telling you how old I am, but anyway, whatever. <laughs> so this is called. Family only stayed a few days, surely. Sorry? Stayed only a few days and some of them, surely, if that's, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so this is, it's kind of about that always moving on since I've been unwell. And it's called A Clean Pair of Heels. Quicker than silver, light would have to fly and far to leave ourselves behind. I know. I've tried, more often than not, but got nowhere. 
That shadow of my former self still sticks wherever I lay my tread and won't be given the slip with soap. The past is a familiar country, seen from the heights of Neverland through the eyes of a boy who never grew up to do the same things differently. Just different things the same. You can't put your hand in the same river twice, but you can't say the same for taps. A hundred times and more a day becomes routine, till one more time it's time to preen the feathers of the wings on the heels of the feet that wouldn't touch the ground, if they could avoid it, and try to fly to somewhere new, to do it all again, eventually. And even when the memory of what's being washed away is washed away, still wash and scrub away for the love of habit and those fleeting moments of rest. Thank you. Oh, it's the first time I've heard that one. Oh, lovely. Oh, it's, it's not really out there. I think it was published in a magazine a few years ago, but that's no all. Wonder. Oh, oh, that's so amazing. good. Um, so moving. Mm. Um, so thank you so it's much. Well, it's funny, I'll tell you, this is, this is useful for those of you who maybe haven't submitted, you know, like Angela, if you haven't submitted anywhere. Mm -hmm. I sent that along with a couple of other poems to a publisher. Mm. And I didn't expect that she would publish it. Mm -hmm. But she was going to write back. It was a window she had where she sort of made comments and things mm. and sent it back. And she said, um, that one, it, it, it didn't really draw me in. Maybe it's different, different for forums, but it didn't really draw me in. Well, okay. There you go. It's all subjective what? art, isn't it? It's, exactly. And it's yeah, written, yeah. Different people can different things. Sorry, Angela? Different people connect with different things as well. It's, you know, it's like that. And, and, it's, and I always think if, if, if my poem, not, not everybody likes poems that rhyme, and, but I just cannot write anything that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> my head just doesn't do it. You know, and I, but, I, but I know that as long as it connects with somebody out there, then it's worth doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. No, and as long as it connects with me. <laughs> That's the main thing. I know, I, I love that. How, like, here we can all be like, oh, yeah. And then, like, oh, yeah. Like, we're all, I think it's that kind of give and take. We're getting so much from it, enriching. But then we're also relating back as well. Um, and for poetry or art or just writing or random thoughts and scribbles, yeah, it really has that power to bring people together and capture things. And for me, that what you choose to disclose or how you want to write or, how you really want to portray yourself to people, you've got control over that, which sometimes people, if they are experiencing difficult times, they don't have that power over, over that narrative. Mm. And that, I suppose, brings us, we've covered the poems that we're going to, to share today. Um, and for me, it, we've covered our, our bit just now. Um, I've, we've had some great readings. Thank you so much um, for doing that. Um, Ah, yeah, every time I hear things, it just makes my heart sing. Um, but how do we keep this conversation going? It's not down to just the four of us in here. Um, only here's hoping there's going to be some more lovely writing. <laughs> um, it's, it's clear that people are more than a label and that mental health is it's, it's not just something that affects one certain person. It looks a certain way. It looks many different ways. So for each of you, if you had something which would be a key message or a key action or 
to give that out there to people who are watching, is there, is there anything that's, that's coming to mind? Start with you, Angela. Angela, is there any? <laughs> give, give me time. <laughs> still my oh, are you still writing poems yeah, in your yeah, head? Yeah. Are you all... Well, that's, I'm going to, well, I'll do that bit then. Um... Well, no, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll jump in. It's not so much an action as just, it's to try and remember. And I think the message is getting across. I mean, I honestly do, but it's to try and remember that anybody who's, you know, who's got a label of some mental health problem is also other things. There's plenty, loads of other things that they, that they are and that they're, the mental health is only one aspect of, mm. of what they do. Um, and part particularly guys, you know, be a wee bit more open, don't worry about it, talk. Because, you know, we all know that there's a, it's, um, uh, the, I'm trying to do this delicately, but, you know, there's more men than women kill themselves, take their own lives. Mm -hmm. you know, that's classic. Um, so things like that, just remember that, and, you know, if you if you know somebody or you hear about somebody who's got this label stuck to their forehead of whatever the illness might be, there's a hell of a lot going on behind the forehead as well, you know. <laughs> That's, that would be my message, if you like. And I think it's also that to remember that recovery isn't linear. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Definitely. You know, you don't say someone's been unwell mentally and now they're not unwell mentally. You know, it will... I mean, I've had come to accept that I will always be in the process of recovery, mm. but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that the, Isn't it one of the main messages for um, uh, for alcoholism that an alcoholic will never say I'm, I'm cured? And Frankie Boyle talks about himself as I'm an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. He's not drinking, mm. and it's just that that kind of distinction of you know I'm I'm a, I'm Currently, a sober alcoholic, I think, is how they, they say it. I think and, for uh, me, you're, you're absolutely right, Bridget. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree with you. And it's also the other thing I would say is that mental health or mental illness, rather, also isn't linear. It's not like you're well and then there are other people who are unwell. It's you know, it's a big, it's a, what's the word? It's a continuum. Yeah. And, and a, a big mix of you know sometimes. You'll be you'll be unwell a wee bit, and then you'll get completely better. And sometimes, I don't know, you'll be quite seriously unwell, and you'll get a bit better. And all these all these different aspects to it. Messy so grey area, idea. and it's not a yeah. us them unwell well. It's uh -huh. it's humans muddling yeah. through. And I think what you what you said, Bridget. Sorry, is um the the recovery being in recovery. I think I think I learned that lesson quite harshly. Harshly, that I went through a phase where I thought I was recovered, <laughs> you know, and and I learned, I learned quite quite drastically that it was it is about being in recovery and not not recovered, you know, and 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 I have an illness that's ongoing, but that like you said, that's okay. So I think my message would be about being in recovery, um, and that and that you know that that's that's a good place to be. It's just about working on that and accepting that. Mm -hmm. And I think also. That everyone's different as well. Absolutely. Everyone's story, what works for like, there's not one label. What what makes up a recipe for Angela will be a different recipe. <laughs> Therefore a different anecdote and <laughs> Oh I know. I think that that's one of our actions. You should write that. Um for me I, I, I thought of different things. Um I'd be interested in you know, what what are the audience out there? What are you thinking? What what do you want to change now? Maybe you please write down um 
popping up comments or writing our survey, what, what have you been inspired to change? Um, maybe you're going to start challenging your own assumptions and what, what other people are and actually open up and ask them what's going on or what really in seeing past that label. Maybe you want to share this event with someone that you maybe was going through a hard time or you didn't really understand it before, but you get it now or you want people to understand that message. Um, we are going to have um, more workshops, more events as part of our anti-stigma summer sessions. So do join us for them. Hopefully you've caught the mental health, um, ending mental health stigma and discrimination buzz like these folks have. There's nothing like chatting with our volunteers that just make you be like, yes, we should change the world. And why is it not changed yet? So you're impatient for change like we are. Um, and some of the experiences have really captured that. Um, join us, join our social movement and yeah, be a part of that change. So, um, yeah, and stay generally involved and see me. We've got some other good stuff. If you've enjoyed this, um, check out our website and newsletter. We've got podcasts. There's more of me generally rambling about things. <laughs> we've got the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters. You can find us on there. Um, so before we just finish on a poem, we're going to get read out by, by Chick. He's going to read us a, a sort of bedtime story, a nice little, mm. a nice little one to finish on. I just want to thank you. Um, thank you very much, Bridget, for sharing your words with us. Chick, for, for always making us laugh and for being here. And Angela as well. Really, really um, means a lot. means a lot. And I'm sure your words will have meant a lot to a lot of people out there. So Chick, um, would you like to see us out? Okay. This is, um, this is a, another kid's poem. Um, and um, it's about a Scots-Italian girl with an Italian name and smelly wellies. <laughs> and it's called, it's called Rosanina Fratelli's Bath Time. Rosanina Fratelli took off a wellie. Rosanina Fratelli's feet were smelly. And people held each other's noses as pungent fongs came from her toeses. Oh, mum, she said, I've been all runny around the garden. Now a funny niff is coming from my wellies. Please spray my feet with fragrant smellies. <laughs> Just smellies will not do, I fear, said Mum. You need a bath, my dear. And off she marched young Rosanina to room of bath to make her cleaner. Then turn of tap, then sploosh of water. Then Mum dipped in her grubby daughter holding her gently by the ears. I'm looking near those feet, no fears. <laughs> With scrubble bubble, sponge and soap, her mum and dad both said, we hope the grime will come off and we pray that then the smell will go away. And so it did. And before long, her tootsies sang a different song of lavender. And roses red, and sleepy smells, to take to bed. The end. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. And that brings us to the end of our event today. So thanks everyone, and we'll see you next time. Okay, so that was our latest Anti-Stigma Summer Sessions event. We hope you enjoyed it, as we said before, check out our website where you can find out all the information for upcoming events, what's in the planning, what's confirmed. That is seemiscotland.org. 
My name is Maeve Grindle. Um, <laughs> and I will say goodbye to my fellow podcasters. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. 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 Let's see you later.